Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. So today is, in my time with you, it's, I would summarize it as it's going to be a call to action today. We're going to do a couple of things. Um, we're not going to get too much into the scriptures uh, per se. Um, there are so many things that are at play in Israel. With Israel, the Jewish people, uh, the Palestinian people, and then you have Hamas. Um, so just know that we're not going to hit every single thing because there's so many things, so many dynamics going on right now. Um, but I'm just going to uh, talk about the things the Lord has put on my heart and um, call us to action. The first thing it's really important that we um, do is we need to stand in solidarity with the church in Israel. Okay, so the church in Israel is comprised of, you know, Messianic Jews and Palestinian people. Like, take a step back. If you're God, you're looking on the earth, you look in the Middle East, you see your church. You see Jerusalem, right, the apple of his eye, but also you see all these people in, that's his church, his people. And so it's really important as we stand with them that we're, we're praying for the church in the Middle East. All right, there's a lot of things to pray for, right? Plenty of things. But are we praying for the church? If you notice in Scripture, in the New Testament, there's not a whole lot of praying for non-believers, per se. But there is a lot of praying for the church. Because when the church is who she is called to be, then she will bring drastic change. So you think Middle East, think the church and the Middle East. Right. When I went to Iraq for uh, went a couple years ago, I went two years in a row, went to a house of prayer uh, and um, in Iraq and they did 100 hours of prayer and worship. And one of the coolest things going to this prayer room, really small room. I mean, it's maybe the size of the youth, maybe yep, the youth room, a little bigger than the youth room. You go in there and you have you have Jews, you have Arabs, Egyptians. Asians, Americans, you have basically almost everyone from every nation in that little room. And guess what? There's no conflict between them. That Arabs love the Jewish people, and the Jewish people love the Arabs. Lisa, you were there. And it was a beautiful thing to see. There was no conflict like there was between Ishmael and Isaac. Because Ephesians 2 talks about the middle wall of separation has been brought down, and now we are one family. And it was so cool to see and to, to get a small picture of this like underground ecosystem of the church in the Middle East. And I know the devil is trying to turn Jewish people against the people of Palestine. The believers... He is trying to cause conflict between them, but I'm telling you, I believe they are stepping together, becoming one, even though there's a great war in their midst. So we need to pray that the church would stay unified, that she would, be, she would walk into her identity, that she would be bold and courageous, have wisdom, grace, things of that nature. 
Okay, the second thing that we're going to do, the second call to action, there is uh, an American Israeli, her name is Yael Barshov, and she started an initiative. She felt like the Lord spoke to her. Uh, she woke up one morning and this came to her, but it's called Adopt a Hostage for Prayer. And so there were um, around 240 uh, civilians abducted by Hamas and taken into the Gaza Strip. And so she uh, felt inspired by the Lord to um, find out all of who these people were. And so there's a picture of them um, that she found along with just name and information about them, really basic. And she's asking people to take the picture of the person who's been abducted and to pray for them. And not only just pray for them, pray for their family. And not only the family, pray for the kidnappers. And so as you guys leave today in the lobby, you're going to see a bunch of these. All right, we printed them out for you already. We just cut them up in little sheets. And we're going to ask you to take one, to take two. Um, this is whom I'm going to be praying for. Her name is Amelia. Um, she's five years old. And so I'm going to be praying for her, praying for her family, praying for those who took her. And so that'll be in the lobby. You can grab those. Um, I would encourage us. I know our kids run around crazy. Let's not let our kids, probably speaking to myself here, not let our kids grab these and just mess them all up. But if we could um, take one or two as you leave today, and that can be your prayer assignment um, moving forward concerning those who have been taken away from their home. And then I want to make a couple comments about Hamas. Okay, I think it's very clear that Hamas is a terrorist group. Um, these are workers of iniquity. These are those who have been blinded by Satan. They're workers of Satan. They're sons of disobedience, sons of wrath. And it's, um, it's really gut-wrenching to hear some of the things that are happening and what they're doing to people um, in Israel. I won't get into sharing some of the things that I've heard or read online, but you can go and look for yourselves if you want to. But one of the things that as a result because of Hamas is that there is widespread fear and paranoia and panic because of what they're doing. And we need to be on guard that we do not allow the spirit of the age that's working in them to creep into our lives and to freak us out. It's really important that in the spirit you make a stand over your own mind, over your family, over your home, that we are not going to walk in a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I would say this, I have two things that I am um, trusting God for and believing Him for. The first thing is that the Lord can redeem the most wicked and vile hearts. And the second thing I'm trusting God with is that vengeance belongs to the Lord. 
the first thing, that he can redeem any wicked or vile heart. You may have heard this story online. He's going to be, he's been all over YouTube, the news and such, but this article is entitled, Son of Hamas Leader Turns Back on Islam and Embraces Christianity. One of the founding fathers of Hamas, his very son, grew up in that culture, was a part of that culture, but he knew something was, he knew something was really wicked and wrong with him. And he realized it wasn't just, wasn't just bad people doing bad things. He realized the ideology and the spirit behind it. What was, that, was, that was the very thing driving that culture. And it leads him into pursuing and encountering Jesus. And now he's a Christian and he fled to here in the U.S. Um, to be kept safe for some, at some measure. But he renounced his Muslim faith and um, it's an incredible story, and he, he, he shares something in this article. Uh, his name is Osab Hassan Yusuf. And he's doing interviews with him, and he says something, and I want to share it with us. He says, so I definitely started to figure out the problem is Islam, Islam. not the Muslims and those people. I can't hate them because God loved them from the beginning. And God doesn't create junk. God created good people that he loved, but they're sick and they have the wrong idea. I don't hate those people anymore, but I feel sorry for them. And the only way for them to be changed is by knowing the word of God and the real way to him. And so God took this man snatches him from that terrorist group, saves him, and now he is a very witness, not only to us to see what God is doing, but even to his own people. And he's realized it's the spirit, the demonic spirit, the antichrist spirit behind that group that's fueling it. And that people of the Hamas group, they're under darkness and spiritual blindness they're sons of wrath sons of disobedience and this story encourages me because it reminds hopefully reminds you and me that God can take the most wicked and vile heart and turn it around and use that person for his glory and his purpose and so that's why we don't give in to the spirit of fear that's why we don't start getting paranoid and start panicking. Why? Because we have to know and trust that God is doing things and he doesn't have to tell us all of those things. I was thinking about the story of Paul. Right? He persecuted the church. It says that he drug men and women to prison. One commentary talked about how when you were a person and you not only drug men to prison, but when you drug women to prison, that's what scumbags do. And that was the very thing Paul was doing before he encountered the Lord and his scales dropped from his eyes. So I'm believing, God, you are working, you're moving, you're doing something. Oh, would you strengthen your church in the Middle East that they would preach with boldness and conviction that they would shine in the midst of darkness.
that there are some who are part of that Hamas group, some will turn to the Lord. We don't know. And I'm praying, Lord, when we get in heaven one day, we'll see it. But also, there are some who will not. And that's why we have to leave vengeance to the Lord. Go with me to Zechariah 14. We're going to read a couple of scriptures here that talk about the vengeance of God. Zechariah chapter 14. You know, there are people who walk in spiritual blindness and they're an enemy of God and they don't know it. But then there are those who walk in spiritual blindness and they are an enemy of God and they do know it. And it appears to be that some of, pe- some of those in this Hamas group are a part of that. Enemies of God to his face. <clears throat> now we're jumping in here in chapter 14. It's talking about the day of the Lord. Matthew 24 talks about a great tribulation. This is going to speak into part of the great tribulation. It says in verse 1 Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. And your spoil will be divided in your midst. He's talking about Israel, Jerusalem. Their spoil will be divided in their midst. Verse 2, for I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. Question, who's the one gathering all the nations to battle against Jerusalem? The Lord. This isn't an accident. This isn't even, oh, Satan's just doing his thing over there. No, as we draw near to the Lord's return, he will draw all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses trifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And if we go into Matthew 24, Jesus speaks into this verses 1 and 2 about the great tribulation. You can read that for homework. But after the great tribulation, upon the Lord's return, verse 3, then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. So upon the Lord's return, he's going to land the Mount of Olives. That's where his feet are going to touch the ground, the same place where he ascended. And he is going to make war against the nations. And go back to chapter 12. Look at verse 8. It speaks more into what this day will look like. 
Chapter 12, verse 8, In that day the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The one who is feeble or weak among them in that day shall be like David, and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. It shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So he makes it clear. What's he going to do against those who stand and come against Jerusalem? Destroy them. Go back to chapter 14, verse 16. Now he's going to describe what he's going to do to those nations who do not stand and come against Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass, verse 16 of chapter 14, it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. So there's going to be a na- nations and a people who stand with Jerusalem, stand with Israel, and God's saying those people will come and worship me and be with me, but those who stand against and come against my holy city, my holy people, I will go and destroy them. Let me read a couple of verses to you that further describe the vengeance of the Lord. Isaiah 35, verse 3 and 4. Strengthen the weak, weakened, and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Isaiah 42, verse 13, The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 2, God is jealous. The Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. In Revelation 19, verse 11, he who sat on the white horse, who is called faithful and true, in righteousness he judges and he makes war. His eyes like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. His name, he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod and iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel, verse 17, standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all the people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the white horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped the image. And these two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. 
And the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. Can you see, can you picture the vengeance of our God? To those who stand against him, who come against him, he takes it personal. And he is coming to do his business. So when we feel overwhelmed and we're like, God, what can we do? There's nothing. I feel helpless. I feel hopeless. Well, number one, that's not true. You can do something. We are doing something. But as Tim said, there's a bigger picture, way bigger story. that's happening and that God is going to deal with those who are committing atrocities, who are destroying people, murderers, evildoers, liars, fornicators. We have to trust, church, that God sees and he hears and he will come with vengeance. So, we have one more week left in this series. Um, Barry's going to be talking to us next week. I don't believe he's going to be talking anymore about Israel and what's going on in the Middle East uh, specifically. Um, That was my role in doing this. Um, But I want to invite you, I want to encourage you as far as giving to Um, the bomb shelters that Frontier Alliance that they're working on. I want to encourage you. I want to invite you into grabbing one of these, praying for this individual, praying for their family. This is our small part, our small role in God's big picture and that we can do something um, in small but really significant ways before the eyes of the Lord concerning what's going on. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.